All right, everyone. Here we are for Daily Covfefe Live uh, on Friday. I think everything's working. Carrie, can you hear and see me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. And it looks like we are indeed live. There's a couple of people in chat. Hey, Ruben and Lindsay. Uh, Hi, awesome. I, I think we're going to like this live Friday thing. I know it'll be less work for you editing. I actually like it also because there's I have a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, plus a couple somewhere else, like things that kind of I thought about talking about, but they're not a whole episode. And so we can just like grab bag of stuff um, that we didn't get to uh, get to during the week. So um, thank you all for watching. Please feel free to like, subscribe, share, go to subscribe star to support us if you want. Uh, if, uh, if money's tight, just like and share. Would really appreciate it. That helps. Um, or you can buy awesome merch that will make Carrie happy. Um, maybe we should make a shirt that just says "Make Carrie Happy." You know what? Well, uh, we maybe shouldn't talk about it live because we probably disagree again. But I've specifically had conservatives asking me why we didn't make a shirt that says "Make Republicans Conservative Again." Yes, that they would buy uh, one. Yes, and 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 having run several businesses before, I know first of all that what people say they want and what they will buy is totally different things. And the task that I gave you was, how many of the make Democrats liberal shirts again will we sell? And I don't we know. Back and seen if we've sold a lot. We've sold a few because I know people have asked me. I'll go look. You guys, I haven't looked. I haven't looked. Guys need to tell Carter. I also don't want to make us about politics, but that's a separate I know, but it's not about politics. It's about well, speaking about is... politics, though. We no, can. no, I have something first. Oh, my God. You're going to argue about the shirts. No, no. I'm going to okay. show something that's not about. I don't want to talk about politics first. It's boring. Oh, OK. I want to talk about what I've been obsessed with is Chelsea Hamler. <laughs> that's not even on my list, but it should have been. My new documentary premieres on Netflix in two days. It's called Hello Privilege. It's me, Chelsea. It's about me, Chelsea, exploring white privilege. And yes, everyone should watch it, especially you, Mr. President. This, this tweet is hilarious. I might be the funniest thing she's ever said. <laughs> yes, but unintentionally. Did she have a, I feel like she's the kind of person that had a special that said, hello, vodka. It's me, Chelsea. But maybe that's I not. I think she did. Yes. So she doesn't, she uses the same joke set up i guess but yeah. um but it's just so can you think of anything that sounds like less entertaining than watching chelsea friggin handler explore her white privilege like the funny thing about this to me so she, so someone texted me the other day a friend texted me and said hey have you have you seen anything that lisa lampanelli is doing recently and i'm like no and i used to hate lisa lampanelli because i was a super hardcore SJW and Lisa Lampanelli was very un PC and broke all the rules. And I thought she was terrible. And in retrospect, I can't even evaluate. I don't even know if she was funny or not because I was so offended that I thought, I thought she was awful. I remember. Yeah. She performed uh, at some big theater in LA. It might've even been an amphitheater. I can't remember. And uh, our, my boss at the time got us all tickets to go see her or there was something. And I got up and walked out like, you know, in a huff showing people how, how much I disapproved of her. Well, so my friend texts me and says, yeah, she's become all woke in SJW now. I'm like, Lisa Lampanelli has become woke? And I haven't verified this. It's just what my friend said. 
But um, same thing with Chelsea Handler. I mean, she just had this this un-PC, not very funny, but she had this stick. You know, I like sex, I like vodka, whatever. Yeah, I never thought she was funny. I thought she was just like, uh, I thought her whole shtick was like, I'm a crass woman and that's funny. I'm like, no. Yeah, that's she she had the same shtick that um a lot of women have used as a crutch over time. Even yeah. fun, people women who started off funny sometimes end up with that as a crutch. Like, oh, I'm a woman who talks about sex <laughs> on stage. Whoop de doo. Now like everyone does that. But right. um but she was very un PC. And the funny thing to me is now that she's woke, I'm like, maybe it, this is actually a good sign because the lamest <laughs> most mainstream blah milk toast just boring comedian like, like now they're pushing it when it's your parents not- are on facebook it's not cool anymore it's- and when chelsea handler is into white privilege it's not cool anymore those are right. that's the corollary i said it makes me think of a boomer using the term bay <laughs> like, yeah, exactly yeah like- it's when i tried to there was a point when i was running a startup in the music industry and i was older than most of the people um and i was totally uncool and I tried to use the word dope and <laughs> some 20 something year old looked at me and was like, just never try to use the word dope. I was that's like, All super, right. I give up. It is what it is. Anyway, thanks for humoring me. I thought that was very funny. And um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting sign that again, once again, I think there's a backlash brewing. I think this has lost some of its shine when you get people like her so. pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, Carrie, that what you just showed is the best evidence I've seen for uh, having lost its shine. I mean, it's Chelsea Handler. Uh, you know, it's it's just uh, it's not cool anymore. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about politics at some point. So we'll just do it at the beginning. We can talk about non-American politics first, if you want. I didn't know this, but Ruben and I- in, in it. In, in bit chat. I don't know why I want to call it bit chat, but maybe that's a thing. Uh, Ruben in chat says that uh, there's this Canadian leader debate last night, which I, I looked up after he uh, posted it. And it was between here, let me find. So it was supposed to be the a debate for leadership of Canada. And it was the federal NDP conservative and Green Party leaders. So those three uh, all participated in the debate. And you can see here, I'll, I'll, here's the three people, so you don't have to look at me all the time. They participated in the debate. But oddly enough, Carrie, did you notice there's someone who we think of as a leader in Canada who's not there? Well, Trudeau. Yeah, they left the podium open for him <laughs> the whole time. But he just didn't show up because, because uh, I believe debating and reason are white male tools of oppression and he was demonstrating his solidarity with i don't know he probably had an unlearning toxic whiteness workshop to go to yeah unlearning my my male privilege my toxic masculinity how to cross your legs and wear exciting socks (laughs) how to pander when in india yeah (laughs) oh my gosh you know who's most offended by that of course were like a lot of my Indian friends. Of course they were. Of course they were. Because look at him wearing like, not even, I'm not even saying cultural appropriation, not that. Like, I don't believe in that. You can wear what you like. But just that it's so, uh, it was pandering. 
and so naked. Yeah, that's what makes it bad is the pandering. It's not like when someone wears something from another culture because they like it, that's different than he literally got dressed up in a Halloween costume and pretended to be Indian. Yes. <laughs> you know, it would be different if he just really loved that style of dress and he dressed that way elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. It might be a little eccentric wherever, but I fine. Hey, I've been to Burning Man. There's plenty of people yeah. who like to wear weird stuff. Yeah. Actually, I haven't been to Burning Man, but I know lots no. of people. No, but, uh, I've, I've been avoiding. But just, just, yeah, just that was so silly. And I, I, that's when I think of him now, I think of him in this like that with the, 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 um, what do you call yeah. it? The head wrap? Yeah. I don't know what the head wrap's called, but yes. And the, and the loose, uh, muslin shirt. And yeah. And he probably still had some funky socks on. I'm sure I'm, he had funky socks. And I'm a fan of funky socks on men and women. I just think he's substituting funky socks for having a personality. Oh, Maxine uh, Bernier. I don't know how to pronounce, uh, but the leader of Kelly Day's party, who we talked to yesterday, uh, he was not invited. So maybe he could have just taken the fourth podium. and <laughs> been like, look, Trudeau's not coming. How about I show up? Uh, Alvis, I have not said this, but I also want to destroy the unicorn pinata. And I'm wondering if there's like M&Ms or something cool <laughs> in the unicorn pinata. Okay, well, here's what I decided. I'm going to destroy the unicorn pinata when I have a baby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I never thought I would say this, but someone go here <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I feel like I think that's a good like just save it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in labor with a stick or like bring the pinata in. <laughs> uh, and it will be really disappointing because there will only be like uh I don't know, there'll be sweet tarts in it and I don't know. <laughs> or something that went bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> those Werther's originals those those that's gonna be filled with Werther's originals. Or I'll never have a baby and I'll be buried with that pinata. <laughs> <laughs> no we'll just we'll wait till you get dementia and then we'll be like look carrie you had a baby we'll just break open the pinata and you'll you know you'll die happy uh, promise um, me you'll do that okay <laughs> the other political thing i want to talk about a little bit is uh i desperately tried to watch the debates last night um it was so mind-numbing i had to give up but um, I even was like, I took notes at the very beginning, um, but it was, uh, oddly enough, Biden was like the same voice, albeit, uh, he did appear to have dementia, but was also the same voice. And they were like arguing about healthcare. And at one point he's like, they're like, well, it should be mandatory that we do blah, blah, blah. And, and well, Biden, you can see like it's a boomer who's stuck in this age. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And he was like, well, but this is still America. And I felt like everyone else on stage wanted to look at him and be like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, it's not, old man. Yeah, it's 2019, old man. <laughs> so uh, I did not watch it. Um, you missed nothing. It was, it yeah. was continual virtue signaling and lots of praising of Beto. Every candidate was like the way you handled the El Paso shooting Beto. It just I think it's cuz no one fears him anymore. They know he's not a threat. So, uh, they're really? all it's it's That's good to weird. praise Beto now. That's but. weird. 
Well, so I did see a friend share something I was reading quickly this morning about um, uh, about Tulsi Gabbard not being allowed on the stage. What was that about? Because she, well, she the- wasn't on the stage, but I assume it's because she didn't um, meet the standards. No, she did. So he said oh. she met the minimum requirements, but then MSNBC, who, I mean, clearly is a, is a, um, I think all of bias? Yes, they have. I think all the legacy media has bias and they're all in the pocket of the DNC um, or they all work together. Right. So he said that MSNBC um, then decided they were going to put people up there based on the results of like some carefully selected polls. Here, let me find it. Oh, instead of the original requirements. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. So they they specifically did something that would leave her out, even though she pulled higher than Cory Booker in New Hampshire. Um, Well, you can't have her on stage because she talks about uh, peace and not going to war. So, um, yeah, you know, some of her other positions are OK for the Democrats, but somehow the Democrats have also become war hawks. So that's where we are now. The, the person the person who wants to talk about not going to war can't be allowed on stage. OK, here's also, what, I think here's she makes says. Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris and Klobacher, the other three women, she makes them look really bad. She does. She makes them look awful because she doesn't rely on some checking off marginalized boxes and expecting people to, to you know, bow to that. Like she actually has arguments and opinions and she doesn't stick to the script in terms of I'm a woman, therefore I must say do and do this, you know. Um, okay, so look, here's what he says. She met the DNC's required number of unique donors to appear on the debate stage. She's now at over 170,000 unique donors and more than 400 donors in 20 states. She has more unique donors than several of the Democratic candidates who met the minimum requirements and did appear on the debate stage. The reason she wasn't there is that she didn't poll high enough on one of the four polls carefully and specifically chosen by the DNC. She Uh hit the requirement on three of the four. However, at the time of the MSNBC post-debate report shown on the screen below, Gabbard was polling at 3.6% in the New Hampshire primary polls. You know, want to tell me why they included Cory Booker, who was polling at 1.6% in New Hampshire and not Gabbard? Anyway. I don't know. His point um, being that they obviously, I mean, and I, the cathedral, they, there's no way, we've been saying this for a while, there's no way they're going to let her be the nominee. Yeah, she's not. She's not going to be the nominee. That's why I don't even pay attention to her. I mean, fine, but she's not going to win. Um, but yes, yeah, so Lacey, just, Lacey, Lacey in chat says that somebody was heckling. Yeah, I don't remember that part. I so the well, there was some eye rolling at Andrew Yang. So Andrew Yang revealed his big, his big thing that he was going to do, and he basically said, uh, um, "I'm going to give." 10 random families $1,000 a month for the next year. That's what I'm going to do with my campaign money. Because he he was like, most people buy ads and do blah, blah, blah. I.e., most people use their campaign money to try and influence the election in order to get elected. But I'm going to use it as giveaways. Um, And actually, I think uh, the Babylon Bee after that had some, I think it was after that they posted this, they had this uh, fake news story of... um, it said something about like DNC just decides to hold the Democrats are just uh, holding money up in front of voters. Like that's their new, their new strategy yeah. in front of voters. Like, yeah, that, that's what happened. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, I hear I even uh, I kind of took notes on on the intros. Uh, let's see. Castro, universal pre-K, healthcare, need new ideas. He appreciated Biden. Amy Klobuchar yelled, orange man bad. I'm honest. I'm not extreme. I'm bland, basically. Beto said, El Paso shooting, El Paso shooting, El Paso shooting, and said that the shooter was inspired to kill by our president. Uh, and then in the next sentence, he said, we should stop being petty and attacking one another. Uh, then uh, Cory Booker basically was like, I'm from the hood, kind of, sort of. I grew up in the suburbs, but I'm from the hood. <laughs> I know, but then Cory Booker was funny because he was like, his intro was all about, I know vision is important, blah, blah, blah. And then he proceeded to tell a story about how once I had vision somewhere and it worked. Okay, how about how about instead of telling us that you know vision is important, you could have painted a vision. That was your chance, Corey, to have a vision. But instead it was like, it was the ultimate tell instead of show. It was like, vision is very important and I know that. Let me tell you a story about when I once had a vision. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it worked out very well. Did um, did anyone speak Spanish? Oh, yeah. Lots of Spanish speaking. Beto. Um, yeah. Pete, uh, so Andrew Yang already said, Pete Buttigieg, uh, basically, he had like a uh, word salad full of old ideas and coming together. Uh, Kamala Harris just was like attacking Trump the whole time. And, and her whole opening speech was, Trump, you sow division. You're horrible. Blah, blah, blah. You show you sow hate and intimidation. I'll focus on- Not like us. Yeah, I'll fo- I'll unify the country. Um, Not like us. Yeah. What, a, what a load of crap. They yeah. both, they, I mean, they, they, I hate, we've talked about this before, but one of my biggest pet peeves is um, hypocrisy, which is a human condition. We all have to fight it, myself included. But I really hate when it's naked, and I hate when people are uh, so oblivious to how they how they don't hold themselves to the same standards that they're holding other people. And and that whole thing about projection, where you're saying something about someone else, and you don't stop to think, could this apply to me? Anyway, you're divisive, uh, and you're tearing the country apart. Yeah, what are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. Even Bernie, Bernie was basically like, we have to defeat literally Hitler. He didn't say literally Hitler, but that was the tone. Um, and then he just went into his like, we must do more. And then he just said the things he always says, like oligarchies down with billionaires, no fossil fuels, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I got tired and actually literally my notes for Warren says blah. And my note for Biden says cure cancer, blah. I just, so I couldn't, and I, I couldn't watch. Did he talk it. about curing cancer? Yeah. He, he doubled down on his, uh, we could cure cancer. Okay, well, here's something funny. Since we did this um, conspiracy theory episode and I didn't really have a lot to say about it, uh, here's a conspiracy theory. This is just a little little thing in the back of my mind, and I'm not saying I believe this to be true, but how funny and sad and dark would it be if they have a cure for cancer and they're like, we're going to lose this friggin' election. What can we do? I guess we got to bring out, they've been saving it. (laughs) Let's bring out the cure. (laughs) It's the, uh, it's V for Vendetta, basically. Yeah, uh, you guys, if you elect me, we can cure this thing. But otherwise, it stays in the vault. (laughs) Yeah, but Biden, like they all, Biden did come across as like the clueless boomer, Um, which for some is probably preferable to some of the insanity that was on stage. So that was fun. That was a fun thing. But there's not really anything else to report from the debate. I don't know if anyone in chat has anything to say about the debate. I'm kind of. I was done with it. I, I couldn't even keep watching. Um, so 
Uh, oh, Carrie. Mm-hmm. A couple fun things. Uh, you ever played like Dungeons and Dragons or any role-playing games? Yes. Well, have you seen, this is very important. So this is for sale at montycookgames.com. This is a legitimate item. It's very important now. Um, let's see here. Let me see if I can show it to everyone. This is the role playing game consent checklist. What? So um, you can consent green, enthusiastic consent, bring it on. Yellow, okay, if veiled or off stage, might be okay. On stage requires discussion ahead of time, which everyone loves. Uncertain. Uh, red hard line, do not include. And you can say, oh, like I have a hard line for claustrophobia, do not include that. Um, and oh, I don't want any freezing to death. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can fill in some others. How see this stuff infects everything. It even infects <laughs> RPGs. Although this doesn't surprise me because I went to this uh I went to WeirdCon once. Do you know what that is? No, but it sounds fun. It sounds like an, a fun Austin thing. It's uh W-Y-R-D, WeirdCon. And okay. it's basically a LARPing convention, live action role playing. And so all these different LARP groups come. Like there's like the, the ones that are just like the swords and fighting and there's like medieval LARPers and there's the LARPers who get together and just like learn needlepoint and pretend like they're in olden times. I don't know. There, there's like all the different ones. There's sci, sci-fi LARPing. There's um, more existentialist LARPing. But anyway, all these different groups came together and I got to spend some time with these LARPers and uh, I met this couple, one of the writers, she writes like the loose storylines for their LARP. And you know, you're, you're in character you basically have a broad storyline that the writer, this woman creates, and then you can kind of ad lib as you go, but you're, you're sticking to the basics that she's written. Right. Um, but she, a lot of the, she was saying a lot of the writers are women and just hanging out with them. I was thinking in retrospect, I was a big SJW at the time, so I wouldn't have noticed, but in retrospect, I absolutely see that there's probably a huge SJW overlap in some ways into LARPing. Or role playing. It's like the I, I just imagine imagine an improv group with like a checklist like this. You just, like, nothing good would ever come out of it. Oh, I'm sure that I'm sure there are improv groups. Actually, that rings a bell. If anybody <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are improv groups that have instituted <laughs> stuff like this already. If anybody knows of any, send it to us because that rings a bell. Anyway. How boring. Uh What's this, uh, Laura? Robert Francis, you mean Beto? Um, I don't know, but Beto was full-on authoritarian. He's, he, he doubled down on his, yeah, I'm coming to take your, hell yeah, I'm coming to take your AR-15. And he actually is now selling shirts. I should find them and show what? you. But he, yeah, he's selling, uh, hell yeah, coming to take your AR-15 shirts. Hold Are on. you joking? No. What a friigging tyrant. Like I hated him before. If I can find it for you. Actually, I wouldn't use hate as the right word. I disliked him before. But this this pushes him over into I the weirdest thing is that I don't even I, I think he's like an empty headed puppet. Um one of my friends who well, maybe he's not so hold on. Maybe he's not selling them. I see the shirt, but it might not be uh, him. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Well, so back when he was running here in Texas, uh one of my former friends who unfriended me. Uh, in part due to the fact that she found out I didn't vote for him or that I wasn't going to vote for him. Um, but she was trying to convince me. And this is a person who she's not, she doesn't really follow politics. She doesn't really follow what's happening 
ideologically in the world. She doesn't follow. She's just not, she's, I would say not necessarily an SJW, but definitely an NPC. And so just follows what the tribe does. Right. And she said, you know, I thought, you know, she was shocked that I wasn't going to vote for him. But one of the things she said was, um, Carrie, he's, he's going to be the next Obama. And I said, yeah, that's why I'm not voting for him. And I voted for Obama twice. Right. And she didn't, she couldn't understand that. And then she's like, but, and, and I said, I think he's really empty headed. And she's like, yeah, but he's surrounded by people who know what they're doing. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm not voting for him. I don't trust the people he's surrounded by. So I do think he's very empty headed, but I think he's, he's there. He's like a puppet for authoritarianism. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, he's that's a how authoritarianism works often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, by the way, I'm seeing a bunch of people sell these and they're attributed, they're attributed to Beto, but I don't think, I don't think Beto's actually selling them. Although I think he should, cause, uh, these will probably sell. Uh, you like that, Carrie? Maybe we should make a version of it. Let me see. It's hard for me to see in the, how oh. yes, if we're going to take your AR 15. Yeah, no, you're not. Try it. I've well, become- actually, I decided I changed my stance on this. I will support that law if Beto has to come himself to take the AR-15. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I've, it's funny. I never thought I would become one of those uh, pry it from my cold den hands people, but I have. Yeah. Um, oh, he's now tweeted for credit cards to stop allowing gun sales. Of course he has. Uh of course he has. <sighs> I don't know. Well, it's not just guns. What else do we have, Carrie? Do you, mm. uh, did you see the Fireman Sam uh, no. outrage? No, but while you pull it up, Artana says your dog is so cute. This is Teddy. Teddy is cute, but he was a bad dog this morning. He was a very bad dog. So I have to hold on to him. What are you pulling up? Well, I don't want to um, play too much of it because I don't want to get a copyright strike. But, okay. And so I won't use sound either. I'll just do this without sound for a moment so we don't get a copyright strike. But there's this show. Um, I guess it's in the UK or Australia. And it's called Fireman Sam. And there it is. It looks kind of like a, this almost like claymation type thing. It's a kid's show. Hey, there's Fireman Sam. Um yeah, okay. he's been now banned for being too male. <laughs> he's what? too male. Fireman Sam is too male. Meaning, what do they mean by that? Uh, I think they're having to redo the character. I think the the BBC or the UK, it's been banned in the UK because it lacks inclusivity. Is oh the, my gosh. Yeah. That's um, one of the buzzwords that people need to watch for. Um, so I'm guessing, what is it? They view it as too traditionally masculine? I mean, yes, but he looks like a clay version of Pee Wee Herman. I don't know. Uh, is Carter's cat bigger than Teddy? No, because it's a kitten, but it will be. Uh, it will be. We haven't heard anything about my cat. It's it's really my daughter's cat. And uh, really, I have to go get the cat. <laughs> I'll try and go get the cat if you really want. If someone else says I have to go get the cat, I will I will try if there's a... Yeah. Uh, it might be hiding somewhere. Um. Let's see what else do we got. Oh, uh, speaking of animals, did you see? <laughs> oh my, there's just so much fun going on, Carrie. Did you see the penguin stuff? I did. 
This is funny. Uh, <laughs> the penguin. Here we go. Where's here's the here's the CNN article. London Aquarium to raise genderless penguin. <laughs> now, Gary, if gender is different from sex, all penguins are genderless. Uh, but yes, that doesn't uh, make any sense whatsoever. Genderless. <laughs> yes. A same sex penguin couple. They love to say same. It's like rare, but sometimes two penguins team up to guard an egg. So I guess that's your same sex penguin couple. Uh, two, you know, two male penguins or female penguins will raise a, an adopted, I think two male, genderless chick for the first time. For the first time. <laughs> like, really? Is it for the first time? Really? Uh, the form of penguin chick will not be named or characterized as male or female, but it is male or female. So that's the um, thing there. It's the humans are saying we're not going to give you. A, so you're right. This is confused. This is one of those things where they are hypocrites because they say they say it's different than biological sex, that it's divorced from biological sex. Right. And yet but, they can't say he, even though this or she, even though this is a you, you can tell the biological sex of the penguin. Yeah, actually, let me uh, I am going to try and do sound for this one because. Uh, there is a there's a video of this woman talking about her um, about her genderless penguin. Hold on, let me see if I can. It'll take me a second to find it. Oh my gosh! By the way, somebody somebody gave two dollars, so you would have to go get the cat. Oh God. All right, I'll get it. I'll get it. Just hold on. <laughs> First of this. Uh, uh, that's a boss move there. <laughs> boss, yeah. Someone, I can be bought for $2. That's what my life has come to, but I can. So I'll go get the cat. So hold on. Uh, let me just, uh, I'm going to leave you with, not leave you with, because we'll, we'll play this woman first. This is going to be very exciting, I promise. What we wanted to do was to take the opportunity to raise the whole conversation with guests who come through to the aquarium, just to raise that exact point, mm. um, that there is a difference between gender and sex. Um, and in terms of the way that we manage the colony at the aquarium, we wouldn't manage them differently based on whether they are females or males. Um, what we wanted to do with this chick was give guests an opportunity to meet that individual and, and learn about its personality without assigning it any sort of preconceived sort of gender roles like we would if we were to. So, so, so when you say that it is common for, for Gen 2 penguin chicks to, to, to be genderless, what, what exactly do you mean by that? Are you saying that there are no kind of sex-specific or gender-specific uh, behaviours in Gen 2 penguin? It's a really sort of difficult subject to navigate specifically. You will get small differences in terms of um, um, behaviour based on whether they are male or female. Um, I mean, it's not like boy penguins are playing football and girl penguins are doing the knitting or yeah, something like that. Yeah, because it's interesting when you say assign gender roles. What yeah. gender roles can you assign to a penguin? Exactly, and I think that's that's the key thing. You don't really see it in the animal kingdom. Um, there is a little bit of um, conversation going on at the moment in terms of whether we might be seeing gender roles in some um, higher primates. I'm sorry. I... I... I, can I say something about this? I I was a biological anthropology. Are you back? Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Can you hear me? Do you have me? Yeah. 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 Tech stuff, but uh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I okay. Hear you. So here's the thing. This kind of infuriates me because this woman is supposed to be, presumably, 
in some kind of science role, right? You um, think? You'd think. And the, at least I was hoping that the the um, journalist would ask the right question, which is how do you assign gender roles to a penguin? Correct. How do you do that? There are no. And then and then instead of answering that, because you don't assign, she's like, we're not going to assign gender roles to this penguin. Well, how have you done that in the past? And she doesn't answer that. She instead says you can't assign gender roles to a penguin. Then, then why are you making this big pronouncement that you're not going to do it? What you're actually doing is saying we are going to ignore the reality of biological sex and we are not going to acknowledge it. They're talk, they speak as if there's something wrong, as if there's something wrong with acknowledging biological sex. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with saying that's a male? It's like saying this is the color brown or this is the color blue. We're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to differentiate between brown and blue. We're just it was funny. Yeah, color. it was funny also because she was he was like, well, are there no differences between the sexes? And she's like, well, I, there so, are a few. Yes, yeah, there are a few. Yes, yes, there are a few. And are, those manifest in certain ways. And yeah, they're kind of go. important. It's kind of important. Yes, and they're penguins. So they don't sew or play football. Right. And especially when teaching kids about reproduction, it, it just drives me crazy. Why do they act like there's something wrong with identifying male or female? It's, it's no different than identifying the difference between red and blue. <sighs> anyway, sorry, I'm frustrated. What, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing because Keith, Keith wants to start a bidding war because he doesn't give it. I know Keith. He doesn't give a crap whether I get the cat. But he just said three bucks if you don't get the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Although Alves is saying he paid four bucks the other day and he's counting that towards seeing a cat. So... Uh, I don't know. And Keith has already paid the three bucks. So he's kind of screwed at this point. I'll wait a few more minutes to see if anything happens. Uh, I'll get the cat though. Carrie, also, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, just, just a random thing. There's this Ludlow Fest. I guess it's a um, UK's first ever food festival. They, they Instagrammed a picture of meat being cooked and <laughs> Instagram tagged it as sensitive content. And blog. you have to extra click to watch the meat get cooked at why it's sensitive this this video contains sensitive content which some people may find offensive or disturbing i don't get it like what do you mean oh to vegetarians it's offensive i don't know well i mean it's like you saw twitter got mad at sean baker for uh he had that picture of uh, a lion eating like a gazelle or something and twitter banned him or blocked him made him take it down um and and changed his his profile so People are so, they're such pansies. Um, Artemis, Artemis says, it's time we got a divorce. We have irreconcilable differences. Who does? <laughs> I think that might be about a gun argument, not the cat argument, but oh. it's still funny. Um, anything Centerfire will do. It will do. Um, what else do we got? Well, I wanted to hear your thoughts about the penguin. I mean, you showed the video. And oh. what I was saying is that and maybe you don't have any thoughts on it, but it, there's something very wrong in a society where, or a culture where we are now saying it is somehow bad. It's a bad thing. It's a negative thing to acknowledge biological sex. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, shocker. I agree with you on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, uh, sex is a real thing. And the, well, so we learned this when I, I had a conversation with, um, I don't know, months months ago about Colin with Colin Wright, who's an evolutionary biologist, I think, 
and there, there's, we know how evolution works, right? And actually, one of the cheapest things that evolution can do to change, um, like to, to affect the survival of a species is brain differences, um, like behavioral differences. Behavioral differences are extremely cheap evolutionarily. It's like, it's easy to change a behavior uh, in the next generation uh, as compared to like growing a hard shell suddenly or something like that, right? So behavioral differences actually, you could expect that evolutionarily, uh, behavioral differences are um, tested out quite a lot, even just random behavioral changes. And the behaviors that are more adapted to female biology would start to naturally separate from the behaviors that are more adapted to male biology because there are biological differences. So we each need to live within the physical constraints of our own body and with the constraints of, of if, you know, if we're going to propagate the species, uh, one of us has to have kids and the other one is not the one who can bear kids. And, and that has a whole bunch of ramifications. And so the idea that there would be behavioral differences, I'm putting, this is not what Colin said, by the way, I'm, I'm extrapolating, but the idea that there would be behavioral differences between different um, sexes, that there would be actual behavioral, quote, gender differences between sexes is completely expected scientifically. It, it would be a shock if there were not behavioral differences. It would exactly. be an utter contradiction to evolution. It would be mind-blowingly unexpected if there were not behavioral differences between two different sexes. So this idea that like, oh, girls only do these things and guys only do these things, it's all because of social constructs. It's all because of the patriarchy is complete and utter bullshit. And anything that you push forward that is a lie is ultimately poison to the long-term survival of people in the species. Like lies are not about like, Lies are fundamentally things that are anti-reality. And if you ignore reality, you die. Like fundamentally lies are not about life. They're about death. So pushing these ideas doesn't help anyone. It, you end up with women who think that they should feel a certain way or behave a certain way because they've just been socially, all their desires, they don't even trust their own desires and likes and dislikes anymore because they're worried, they're neurotic that these, these likes and dislikes or whatever they want to do is somehow you know, a result of the patriarchy. And likewise, you get guys doing the same thing. More like, well, I don't know. I really want to do this and this, but maybe that's because I have toxic masculinity and I've been culturally uh, indoctrinated. No, it's because you're a guy. And ignoring those differences is, is crucial to destroying society. It's crucial to destroying um, men. That's for sure. And society. Well, Hey, so here's a thought I have Carter. Um, I like you, you're, you have talked to me about universal principles, right? And they definitely don't have universal principles on this issue because they say they used to say before they even said this, that, that gender was a social construct and then biological sex is a social construct, which is what they're saying now, which is ridiculous. But before they ever said that they said race is a social construct. It's not real. There's no biological differences. This is what they argued. They, or they put forth, they said race is a social construct. Well, now they don't like being reminded of that because now you can say, well, hey, according to your rules and your ideology, it's wrong to assign race at birth. I'm not going to assign a race to my baby. I'm going to let my baby decide their race. <laughs> like, you end up with, uh, what's, what was her name? Rebecca, was her name? Oh, uh, Rachel Dolezal. Rachel Dolezal, thank you. But that's the height of their hypocrisy because, and and there were some SJWs who actually 
wrote some papers in defense of Rachel Dolezal. They, those were SJWs, I think, who were sincere, who were trying to apply the principles universally. And they got slapped down and cast out because the ideology isn't there yet with regards to race. But if you take it at its on face value and you try to apply it universally and be honest and be sincere, well, then, yes, we should be able to choose our own race, too. Well, and here's the here's the problem. Universality. So there's actually very few things that can be universally applied. And, and most other rules are derived from those universal principles. But uh, universal universality requires coherence to reality. Um, so like, yeah, and they don't adhere to reality. They don't care about reality. And if you don't care about reality, fundamentally you are about death. I mean, Alvis is saying you're getting pretty deep. They do worship death. Like, yeah, I, I don't mean to get super deep, but that's exactly what they worship. Their philosophy is inimical to human life. Everything that makes humans, uh, everything humans require for their flourishing is something that the left opposes, right? Independent thought opposed to it. Private property, which you need. Humans need private property to flourish. You can't, if, if, you, if you toil and the results of your labor aren't something that you control, fundamentally you need private property. They're against it. Um, you need to be immune, immune from or in, in a society in which there's not, uh, there's an adherence to the non-aggression principle. You need people to not aggress against. You need force to be banned from relationships as, as, as the means of interacting. Left, the left is against that. The left is about force. They're about eradication of the individual. And ultimately they are indeed about the destruction of the West. That's what the left is about, which is why, Carrie, you're saying they don't have principles in these areas or whatever. They do have an overarching principle, which is destroy the West. But a lot of their foot soldiers, like me, I was a, I was a foot soldier for this ideology. A lot of their foot soldiers don't understand that. They don't no. understand what the end goal is. It's that whole thing about I, people don't have ideas, ideas have people, that whole Jung quote. They, this ideology has them, and right. they are working at its behest. And it's fascinating to me. Because well, you, you wouldn't ask, adhere to it if they were blatant about what they were doing. Right. You then wouldn't you wouldn't adhere. adhere to it. Um, I just wanted to say real quick, I was, I was taught, I, I got into that conversation, so I wasn't looking at the chat, but uh, Arctana says, I identify with you a lot. I was a lefty. Now I'm so scared the left wins in the election where I live. They're so crazy. Yeah. And I know a lot of friends, a lot of people who've walked away since the election. Um, I've met a ton of people and, and people have walked away to different points. You know, not everyone's gone over and become registered as a Republican, but I do know friends who've done that. And I know friends who like myself who are now just independent. And, but I know a ton of people who have left and I have a friend in LA who her wake up moment was uh, the rioting and stuff that happened after Trump was elected and just seeing the violence in the streets and, and it woke her up. I mean, they're, it is, they are terrifying to me. Yeah, they are terrifying. Um, it's all about, and, and you know, fundamentally, you know, we talked about this yesterday. <clears throat> I think for a lot of people that don't explicitly, even, even the people that maybe explicitly understand what they're doing, uh, I think it's driven by psychology at the end of the day, right? I mean, all this stuff, you have to hate yourself in order to, to wish for the destruction of the West. Mm. Um, fundamentally, you have to just have a lot of self-hatred, I think. Uh, not to armchair psychologize people, but... Um, um, this person also asks, feminists 
are all about ego and political power. I don't believe them that they're happy. Studies show they're lying. What do you think about that? Do you think feminists mean what they say or do they lie to themselves? Um, I think a lot of people I knew, this is just anecdotally speaking, a lot of people in my echo chamber, and I was in specifically like this um, kind of agnostic or atheist type of SJW echo chamber and um, third wave feminists and all that uh, intersectionality, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're very deeply unhappy people. <laughs> they don't have a sense of joy. Imagine if you censor, you have to censor everything you say and do and filter it through something to make sure you're saying the correct thing. You know, we, we did this um, interview with uh, Kelly Day yesterday. It was so much fun. And she's a former SJW. I love talking to fellow former SJWs. And she's so uninhibited and alive and there and present. And afterwards, after it was over, Carter and I got to hang out with her a bit and just talk and laugh. And we were remarking on the fact that they don't laugh like that. They don't have joy <laughs> because they're, it's, everything is, they police themselves and they're living inauthentic, in an inauthentic life, in my opinion. And so just looking at their social media feeds, um, if you look at an SJW's feed, I, I I guarantee you, you'll find someone like this. It's very easy to stumble across SJWs like this. A lot of them would just, it's just negative posts, negative, like a lot of it after the election was about Trump, but it could be before that it was about anything, toxic masculinity and white privilege. Da, da, da. It's just negative, 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 negative. And then interspersed with what medications are you guys on? I can't sleep at night. Like I'm so miserable. I can't get off the kitchen floor. You know, I'm crying all the time. And my kids are upset because I'm crying. I can't stop crying. Like just like these, and, and there's, I'm not trying to, um, cast aspersions on people with mental health issues at all. I just think there's a high um, coincidence of it. And I think there's a high, uh, I think a lot of it is, um, is I had a friend who got mad at me for saying this, but I think a lot of it is self-inflicted. I think they're making themselves ill. Oh yeah. They can work themselves up into frenzies. Yes. I mean, a lot of times there's truth in stereotypes, Carrie. And I remember even as far back as high school, uh, the stereotype of the angry feminist and because there was a few girls in the school who everyone kind of just like, yeah, those are the angry feminists. Um, from my experiences, the feminists have are just angry. They're just angry. All the ones I've interacted with at the end of the day, there's just an underlying anger. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know, it's probably related to upbringing. I mean, probably all this stuff ties together, right? And we've, we've talked about, uh, different like changes in parenting trends and how um, and, and divorce and the breakdown of the family, like probably all this stuff is related to kids with psychological problems that grow up to be super angry or super needy or super narcissistic. Um, and that's just, you know, the left is one big codependency group. Yeah. It's one big codependency. Group. That's a great way of putting it. But I do think a lot of the, it exacerbates any existing mental health issues and then it creates new ones. A lot of these people are in, I don't know if you guys saw the statistics about Carter. I'm sure you did about um, there's an uptick. There were these articles about how therapists are reporting an uptick in um, people coming in with what they're calling Trump derangement syndrome, yes. which at first was a thing that I think people on the right were, they coined that term to talk about the Trump, the irrational over the top Trump hatred. Yeah. Constant Trump hatred. It's a derogatory term. It's a derogatory, but now therapists are saying they're basically diagnosing people with this. And and it Great. and but it's like those people are making themselves sick. 
and they could step away from that toxicity and they could step away from that hate, but it's addictive. If you if you're not getting um, if you're not getting serotonin, if you're not getting um, if you're not getting dopamine and stuff from positive things, you can get it from negative things, right? Am I wrong about maybe not serotonin? Do you know? Uh, you can get dopamine. I don't know about yeah, dopamine. So you can become, you can have a feedback loop or whatever, where you become addicted to something, to negative emotions. And I've seen that in my personal life with, you know, I've oh, we've all been in those yeah. weird spirals where we put on the cure and mope around the house for three days straight or whatever it is. Like maybe not the cure that that's TMI. That was, that's, that's my <laughs> mope. That's you sweet. know, I put on, I put on, you know, disintegration followed by maybe, you know, I don't know, something else depressing and, when you're upset, the house, like sure, what I put on Marilyn Manson's "We've Got Guns." <laughs> yeah, my psychological process is to start with depressive music, and then I end up with Nine Inch Nails, and the anger <laughs> purges the depression, and I end up happy at the end. But yeah, like, the anger. Yeah, right, right. Okay, yeah, I've, I've, I'd have. I, there are some sad songs I play. I can't remember them right now, but I, but I start with sad. Uh, I mean, I don't I haven't done that in a long time, but that was my, <laughs> that was my process. Uh, but I yeah, think, so but you I can get a. So these people, okay, the same way we all become can become addicted, and I am, I know I am to a degree to social media. Um, these people, there are people who on the they become addicted to picking up the phone and immediately look like they look for Trump news. They'll go oh, to yeah, Google. They look for something to be angry about. Yes, I guarantee you, they open up Google because they don't use DuckDuckGo, and they open up Google and they Google Trump because they want to see what's the latest, and then they get that little spike of adrenaline and dopamine, and then they would post about it, you know? Yep. <laughs> and then later, they coming down, they're like, hey guys, what antidepressants are you on? <laughs> right. Lindsay's, Lindsay makes a good point here. Outrage is better than feeling lonely, sad, and useless. And she's right. And and actually, not to, uh, not to get into self-help gurus, but Tony Robbins talks about this and talks about how, like, there's a lot of people that he says he can't help when they, when they ask for help because they really just are enjoying, they're actually enjoying their angry or miserable state. Like it's part of, and he says like, oh, I just, I'm like, okay, go enjoy it, man. Like that's like, don't ask for help then you're in it. Like enjoy it. If that's, what's working for you, let it work. It won't work forever. But if you want to stay in that state, I can't get you out. Um, but <sighs> Uh, somebody says my daughter's been mentally abused for many years, and I think she could do with some serotonin. I, I mean, yeah. I hate to be judgmental, Annie, but why the hell's your daughter been mentally abused for many years? What are you doing over there? Um, I mean, you know what? Serotonin. There's a, a song by this uh, musician, Emily Brodsky. It's a song called "Bread Helps." <laughs> I think it's bread. I'm, I'm not making light of that. Bread. This is probably why people get addicted to carbs. <laughs> Bread actually has been shown to increase your serotonin levels. <laughs> oh, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, yeah, I didn't know. Um, all right, I'm going to, uh, I'm sorry, Keith, but you've already paid your three bucks. I'm going to go get the cat. Oh, uh, well, what should I do? Should I show them my awful bumper stickers? Yeah. Or save that for another day? Uh, we can save that for another day. How about okay. you can talk about um let's see have you seen the vegan activist who rescued 16 animals rabbits and killed 100 no i read about it but not very exciting um did you see the pictures of hillary flipping through her emails in italy <laughs> there's like an <laughs> art exhibit where she pretended to be the president and sat at a desk with her emails printed out and flipped are you joking 
No. That's so weird. Here, Why? Uh, I'll pull it up. Okay. It's totally weird. Uh, I, it'll the cat will be fast hopefully. But okay. Let's see. If I can't find out, I'll, I'll just... tell them about the bumper stickers because we'll do this another day. So yeah, look, found my emails. Oh, you want to do the bumper stickers? Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to show them, but I'll just. So uh, I, for some reason, I'm a person who maybe it's a hoarder tendency, but um, I saved a lot of stuff from my SJW years. So Carter was saying, you know, I'm really glad you saved all this stuff because we can we can talk about a lot of it and then use a lot of it as examples. But um, I used to have a my pickup truck was covered. The back of it was covered in SJW bumper stickers and I would buy multiple ones so that I could replace them if somebody defaced my truck, which happened sometimes. And, and so I still have a bunch of these awful stickers. And um, and there's so it's just speaking of being addicted to outrage. Every single one of these is, is, it's not just virtue signaling. It's like angry virtue signaling. Like the stickers are really angry. And so uh, we are thinking of doing just a little short confetti one day where we just go through them. And, and I'm like, we should just, I want to build a studio out one day in my garage. We could just cover one wall with like the remnants of SJW life. <laughs> and I don't know if you heard that part, Carter, but when I finally get that studio, I want to have one little section of it. That's like the, the remnants of my SJW self and put all those stickers there and like some crappy oh yeah we could have a whole separate studio for like sjw yeah. stuff which is decorated with all like that. a museum of sjw yeah so here's the uh here's a little poop machine that's in the house now let me see yeah i guess i have to oh be my gosh. The camera to be on but there there she is i don't know if she's enjoying this but uh she's so cute what color are her eyes are they blue they're green. She's green. a Russian blue cat. Um, so its name is Bast, which is short for Bastet, which my daughter named her um, because Bastet apparently is the Egyptian cat goddess. So, um, yeah. But, you know, there she is. What she a is cutie. Pooping in random places in the house. But she's starting to warm up to us a little bit. So, um, all right, I'm going to put her, I'm going to put her down because she doesn't She's not enjoying this as much as you guys. <laughs> uh, Keith says he's going to be taking $3 off of his Patreon next month. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, Keith. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but Keith, what about all the episodes we haven't shown a cat? <laughs> um, I love Keith anyway. He can, uh, it's worth three bucks. Yeah. He can take his three bucks back. Um, but <laughs> Chris is off my no no Justin says Keith is off my Christmas card list. <laughs> <laughs> I think Keith celebrates uh capitalism day on the 25th. I'm not sure. I don't is that a thing? It was it was for me for a while. I don't I don't know if it was for Keith. Um but yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, it's been almost an hour. I'm going to have to go soon just so you know. Well, I still want to talk about one other okay. thing because it's, I don't know. I like talking about the demise of California because if I don't laugh about the demise of California being stuck here at the moment, um, then I'll just have to cry. So <laughs> Justin, a... Justin is off my capitalism day emails. <laughs> 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 you guys are funny. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, Keith. Um, all right. Let's see. Where is this? 
So we passed, um, of course, everything's named as if it's a good thing because the Ministry of Truth is in charge of California. Uh, California passes landmark gig economy rights bill. Basically, here we go, Assembly Bill 5 will affect firms like Uber and Lyft. Um, and the the basic, I, I won't get into the details. I haven't read the, all the details of the bill, um, but basically the bill makes contracting work in most cases illegal. So now you have to consider your driver's employees. And of course, yesterday my wife was in a lift and she was saying, yeah, the driver's freaked out. He's worried that he's going to get fired because he's like, but I have great reviews. I do I re reviews and do a good job. But like, you know, he's, he's worried that if they have to have employees, they're probably going to have specific hours that they have to work. And like it, it totally destroys, it destroys the gig economy. Um, yeah, it so. does. This doesn't help people. <laughs> no. And it, you know, to start up guys and gals, and Zers, uh, if if you're if you're thinking about starting a company, Silicon Valley is not the place to be anymore. Get the hell out! This is not the place. I know it used to be the place. I know HBO made you know kooky Silicon Valley shows about how how much it, the place it is and how crazy it is. California hates businesses. They've uh, they've made. Uh, Unpaid interns illegal, which startups used to rely on a lot. They still do, but they run the risk of, of having the EDD go after them. Um, now they're making this, uh, they've always hated contractors. EDD has always been extremely aggressive in attacking businesses that are using contractors and trying to argue that people should be employees. It's, it's, the, it's, a, uh, it's a me too environment for labor. That's what it is, right? It's like, you know, believe all people who worked for a company. <laughs> like that's that's their attitude in California. So, and now they've got this thing where you can't even, you can't even be a contractor. Companies are gonna have to start having full-time employees. They're gonna be responsible for healthcare and all the other expenses. Just so you know, a full-time employee, I mean, typically you can load a, a employee, employee's salary by 30 to 40% when you add in all the other costs. Plus um, the thing about the gig economy is you're in control. Like you can decide to take to go drive for Uber today or not drive for Uber today, or you can decide yeah. to rent your room out on Airbnb to this person or not to that person. And then it, right. it, people, I, the people I know who do Uber and Lyft uh, do it to supplement something else and they do it sporadically. And this, like if they have to become full-time employees, they're not going to do Uber and Lyft. Right. And they probably won't be able to do both. They'd probably have to pick one. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's unclear how this will work out. But, you know, this is the attitude of your overlords in California. So stay the hell away from the left coast, everyone. But you're right. Look at the way they may try to make it sound good. Um, gig economy, bill of rights, or wh how, whatever they called it. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, California passes landmark gig economy rights bill. Gig economy rights. They're, t they're, they're protecting your rights, Uber driver. No, they're not. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, I, I feel like I, the left is like, you have a right to communism. Like, yes, but I don't want, <laughs> can you, can we not have that? Uh, it, it's again, this is a language game, right? They've, the, the word, this has been going on for a while. They've corrupted the word rights. Um, people that don't understand what rights are have been arguing for rights to lots of things. 
So yeah, California unions won again. Right. And so we're going to go back to something crappy like taxis. I mean, I don't know what it will be, but taxis sucked. And there was a reason that Uber and Lyft rose. And, yeah. you know, there we go. No more Uber and Lyft. I mean, in their current form. I don't know. what else, Anyone else want to talk about anything else? What, what else does we have going on? Rights is a tough word. I mean, I, I am of two minds on the word. So Alvis says rights is a horrible word. It creates nothing but argument. Rights is a, it's a tough word. I go, I go back and forth on whether I like the, I, the concept of rights. Um, Stefan Molyneux uses instead uh, universal preferable behavior, which is good. Um, you can get to the same place if you, are willing to be clear about what a right is and how it can, how it works. Uh, but most people just don't understand like rights have to be like, you can't have a right. Like you can't have a right where a person in a coma infringes it, for example. Right. Um, so your right to healthcare, I would infringe by being in a coma and not paying you or whatever. It, like you can't have rights that violate other people's rights. Like rights can't be, uh, Rights are basically negatives. They're, they're promises to not to do things to other people. Um, yeah, natural rights to freedom, legal rights, and then they move to entitlements, right? So now people, they use entitlement um, when, they use the word right when they really mean entitlement. entitlement. Um, and that's, and the left, look, you know, Carrie, you may not agree with this, but I get that a lot of people are, I, I get the walk away movement, but and I support the walk away movement. And I don't know if you even consider yourself part of it. I think you probably do, but you were predated it or whatever. Um, but look, the left, the principles behind what the left has been arguing for decades, this is the, like social justice is the, that it's the natural logical consequence. So what you're seeing is just played out and You've got a lot of people on the left who are like, oh, no, well, we didn't mean this crazy. It's like, well, what you said means this crazy. That's that's the logical consequence. When you don't respect rights, when you don't think individual rights matter, when you violate the non-aggression principle, this is where it goes. There's not just a little bit of violation of it. When you set up a system where that happens, the, the biggest brutes win. And the social justice warriors are more brutish than the Democrats from the eighties and, and the, the left 20 years from now is going to be more brutish than social justice warriors. If you can believe that. Yeah. Okay. I have to go Carter. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I know you got to go to work. Gary's got to uh, go everyone. I got to go. Um, I'll let you go. I don't know if I should stay. There's not really a lot going on. If people want me to stay and talk about anything in particular, Oh, the vote uh, is one O for Carrie to have a baby. <laughs> Keith will unsubscribe if I bring the cat on again. I'm not going to bring <laughs> the cat on again. I didn't really want to bring the cat on in the first place. Uh, but, you know, I didn't see what harm it could do other than losing three bucks from you, buddy. Sorry. Uh, anyway, thanks, everyone. Um, we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend. All right. Oh wait, we'll no, we'll see you. We'll see you Sunday for book club. Oh shit! Yes, Sunday. And if you haven't already, and you want to be in the video chat, email us at speak at unsafe space dot com and tell and tell us you want to be in it, and Carter will send you a link.
yeah, do that. Um, all right. Do I? Oh, okay. I'll uh, I'll talk. I'll talk for a minute because someone asked a question. But bye, Carrie. Bye, guys. Do I really listen to Stefan? I used to listen to Stefan Molyneux. He's become uh, increasingly more political and more to the right in the past couple of years. I haven't listened to him recently. Um, but uh, I hear a lot of people say that he's a, a nutcase and an actual white supremacist. I don't know what they're talking about specifically. I, I know he used to talk about race and IQ. Um, he didn't sound like a supremacist to me at the time. I don't know if he's gone crazier since then, but uh, yeah, I have I have listened to him, but I, I don't listen to him much anymore, mostly just because I got busy and he started talking a lot more about politics that I just didn't care about as much, so. Um, I do think he's trying to provoke people intentionally. He's been doing some Twitter trolling lately, Justin, and frankly, some of the Twitter polling, trolling is kind of funny, but it does come across, yep, exactly. It comes across arrogantly. It comes across poorly on Twitter. And he says things that are so, even if he doesn't mean them in bad ways, this is my, again, based on past experience with him, even if he doesn't mean them in bad ways, he often says them in ways that are certainly uh, difficult for a lot of people to swallow. Uh, and he is not as inviting. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know what his actual beliefs are and if they've changed. I don't, I don't think he's an actual white supremacist, um, but if you've got counter evidence, let me know. I, again, I'm, I'm basing this mostly off of a few years old uh, Molyneux information. So, um, but he is right about a lot of things. And uh, I do think his universal preferable behavior is a really interesting concept and uh, you know, he doesn't like using the word rights for that reason. I don't, I don't not use the word rights, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, what did you choose to never forget about 9-11? What did I choose to never forget about 9-11? Um, I view 9-11 as an uh, inevitable consequence of interventionist, non-isolationist, policies, not that it's forgivable, um, still evil, vile, you know, how I think everyone here knows how I think about what I think about Islam and terrorism. Um, but also, uh, you know, I wish the US would mind its own business, stay home. A Leonard Peikoff, actually not a, again, a guy who I don't agree with some of his stuff. And I think in his later years, he's gotten a little bit crazier, but he has a really good, um, He's had a really good, uh, there's a really good video of his, I don't know where it is, but it's floating around where he talks about what US foreign policy should be. And again, ultimately I'm an anarchist, but if we just look at this from a, like a libertarian perspective, I loved it. He, he Peacock was like, look, you know, uh, we just shouldn't be involved in foreign entanglements. We shouldn't be doing any of this stuff. We should be leaving these people alone, leaving dictators alone. It's not our business. Just leave them alone. We should have, and his point was, we should have a strong military and we should, react uh, very aggressively and strongly when the US citizens are harmed uh, or abroad. But other than that, we should just keep to ourselves and have a big defense. People should be afraid of us, but we shouldn't be meddling everywhere. And in general, that's kind of what, what I think about uh, foreign policy and kind of what I think about with 9-11, Keith, to answer your question. Um, yes, right, until the US dollar crashes. Yeah, you're right about that. Are you sure he was glad when there were no um, yeah, there is this interesting thing, Justin. Again, I don't, not to 
I, I, I can't defend anything specific about Molyneux, um, but I always, when someone says so-and-so is a white supremacist, I always take that with a grain of salt because lots of people are called white supremacists that aren't just for talking about things that are uncomfortable to talk about. I spent a lot of time in Japan. Um, Japan is openly racist. Just FY. the word gaijin is, is a, it's not a nice word. Gaijin is, it like means ghost person, basically. It's not, it's a, it's a derogatory word that you're called as a white person and racism is totally fine. And you don't see a lot of anti-Japanese, Hey, like what's wrong with the Japanese racists? Um, they've, they protect their culture. I don't, I'm, I don't believe in judging people, uh, obviously based on their race, but they, they have, when you have a more homogeneous culture like Japan, you have lower crime rates. A lot of things are different. Heterogeneous cultures are difficult to maintain and you at least need to have intellectual alignment on fundamental principles. So you could have a heterogeneous culture of a lot of different racial groups easily if we agreed to the non-aggression principle and people understood individual rights and and that was all, you know, that we all lived by the same principles more or less, that would be fine. When you start to abandon all that stuff, you see breakdown into, into tribes and often tribes do align along racial boundaries. And I think you're seeing more of that in the US. and that's not supremacist to say, that's just a fact about what's going on. I don't like it. Uh, I'm in an interracial marriage. Like I don't like breaking things down on racial lines and having tribal wars, but that's where we're headed. So um, we meddled to preserve the petrodollar system. Yeah, probably, right? Maybe getting rid of the central bank would be great for form or like the reserve currency status um, and the federal reserve. like. Maybe maybe getting rid of that would be would do wonders for our foreign, foreign policy. But of course, that's not, you know, this is ultimately why I'm an anarchist, guys, because no matter what is written on a piece of paper, it will be ignored. So we could fix the Constitution and try and keep things small and hope that a central another central bank doesn't arise or that, um, you know, we don't end up, uh, you know, off the gold standard or whatever. But ultimately, uh, governments by their nature grow. They're just they're just a monopoly on force. And the people that that end up in those positions are little, you know, little fiefs that just want more and more power. And the, and the bureaucracy will eventually grow and the government will eventually grow. I don't know. I'm not convinced that there's any piece of paper that can magically stop a government from violating that piece of paper. Um, and we see, you know, lots of stuff we do now is unconstitutional, but we do it anyway because no one gives a crap. So, you know. I'll just see we're all white supremacists, blah, blah, blah. I'll call Stefan a white realist, not a supremacist. He uses facts to point out statistical differences. And there are statistical differences, which I've not gotten into because I'm not an expert and I don't want to say the wrong thing. But again, you know, like I said uh, about sex, right? It would, you know, because uh, behavior is so easy to change um, evolutionarily because it's so cheap. I mean, your brain, I think uses something like 25, 20, 25% of your calorie consumption is your brain. It's an enormous expensive resource. The easiest thing for evolution to do is to, uh, change your behavior and, and optimize that brain because that brain is very, very expensive. And so, you know, you have people that grew up in completely different environments and you look at them and you say, well, uh, they clearly evolved physically different in some ways. It's, ridiculous to think that there's not also behavioral differences. There must be, there must be behavioral differences. Not that some, not that they're right or wrong, but there must be differences there. 
I, it just makes no evolutionary sense that, you know, you would develop physical differences and not behavioral differences. Like, and I don't know what those behavioral differences are and it'd be interesting to study, but, um, you know, that's one of the things that's appalling about blaming every difference in outcome on racism or bigotry, right? Black people in the NBA is not racism uh, or bigotry, right? I, I believe it's genetics, largely. Not all people in the NBA are black. In fact, there are some Chinese people who are on average shorter, who are stars in the NBA. But, you know, we can't have that conversation without getting uh, painted with this brush of like, oh, you're a racist or you're a white supremacist or whatever. And from my understanding, that's all that Stefan does. But again, I, I haven't seen what he's done recently. Um, I don't call white supremacists for nothing. I'm pretty much a conservative these days and not into it all. It was clear that Molly's case, sorry. That's fine. I just want some, uh, if you can point me to some evidence of stuff that he's done, I'm not, again, I'm not, uh, I don't know enough about what he said recently. I'm just very skeptical when someone says he's a white supremacist because I know that he was called a lot of those bad names when I was listening to him and he wasn't. So are those bad names true now? I don't know. Uh, just throw some evidence at me and 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 I'll agree. But uh, you can link up to the U.S. Census Bureau to both FBI's Uniform Crime Report and National Assessment Education Progress pretty well. Oh, I'm convinced that Jefferson knew what he was talking about with his Tree of Liberty comment. Mission creep is a feature of government. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that that's, again, that's why ultimately I'm an anarchist, but I also don't think that anarchy... You couldn't just instill it today; it would be chaos. Um, that it's it's why I think culture is more important in politics, and it's why I think philosophy is more important in culture. That the fact is that everyone in this chat, uh, if we had a society somewhere full of these kind of people, even though we may disagree about a bunch of stuff, uh, it would it would be a much more functional society, almost regardless of a lot of the politics. Um, because I, from I'm making some assumptions about people in chat, but I think they're based on evidence. Um, there's a not, there's a lot of, uh, let's not violate the non-aggression principle. Um, and, and that kind of attitude, uh, in just this little community here. So that's, that's what matters, right? We could, we can have this chat without any rules. Um, and no one is threatening to kill each other, but you can't do that in, you, you can't do that in our current culture. So, all right, that's enough of a rant. Um, Bye, guys. I will see you all on Sunday for book club. I, I don't even remember what time it is, or I would tell you. Uh, here, we. I'll try and look it up quickly. See if I even wrote it down. I wrote it down on a piece of paper somewhere. You know, I don't know. I think it's five Pacific, uh, but I'm not totally sure. But we'll see you on Sunday. We'll all talk about um, 1984. Uh, so looking forward to it. Take care, everyone.